Okay, so hello everyone and welcome in to another special live episode of That's What Bee Said. I'm your host, Bree. You can find me on Twitter at Breezy Clee. And tonight I am joined by Meredith Kane at MCAN Sports on Twitter. Hello, Meredith. Hello. So we gave, we're kind of talking through what this episode is going to be based around this week. And we decided to keep it simple. Have you ever heard that term, kiss, keep it simple, stupid? Yeah. Yes. So a kiss show tonight. And it is debunking bad takes because my goodness, there have been a lot of them. I, and I just feel like the better the Browns get, the worse the takes get. It's a really hard pill to swallow, I think. So we are going to dive in because it has been rough and I want to talk about it. And then we are going to welcome back, I think, everyone's favorite segment of the show, which is rival Reddit boards. And listen, this is going to be a really fun segment to continue on as this season goes on. Oh, my God. It's only going to get better. Like, <laughs> I hope so. I, I visit Reddit daily and they're like and it's not always sports like sometimes it's just like random stupid stuff but my goodness that website is either a gold mine of content or it's a cesspool like yes. there's no in between yes i agree well um so for those of you that are joining with us live make sure you guys are joining in on the chat we're gonna have hopefully a lot of good discussions tonight some maybe debates we'll go back and forth on um but first Meredith, i wanted to ask you i know we missed last week uh, we were not together. I I don't know if people know this, but I am a foster mom and um, we have a little baby with us. She's been with us for about a month and she was sick last week. Um, there was no sleeping happening and we had a little bit of a hospital stint. So we could not figure out <laughs> how to get a show out there um, during the madness last week. So I'm happy everyone is doing well and we are on the mend and I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back. I missed you guys last week. I had to cover a soccer game last week, so I was uh, indisposed. But ah. um, yeah, Columbus the crew. crew. Yeah. yeah, I was watching them. Um, they were playing on Sunday, right? As well. Yeah. I had them on for a little um, bit. It was either Saturday or Sunday, but yeah. Did they win? I missed that game because I was... I don't know. Um, I got distracted with something. Yeah, because I know leading up to that, they had lost four in a row, which was not great. And I think they lost Yossi's artist last week. So Ooh. it's, yeah, the crew went from being MLS champions last year to um, almost bottom of the barrel. Like they might be lucky if they make the postseason this That's year, which pains wild. me. To, yeah, wild. it is. It's crazy. And I could go into why that is, but this is. This is a Browns podcast, not a soccer. Well, technically, it is a sports podcast. There you go. Well, know. and the Haslam's obviously have a big piece of that pie. That is very true. <laughs> I will say invested. it is. It is not the Haslam's. Like the Haslam's are not the reason the crew is not doing well. It's it's a, it's a mix of inconsistency because a lot of the guys have been called overseas. They've played in Concacaf tournaments that disrupted their schedules. The Olympics disrupted their schedule. So you know, there's just I think the like the inconsistencies has been the biggest plague for the Columbus crew this year. So that's, that's what, where it is. But anyway, let's, let's talk about football. Let's talk about, let's football, talk about yes. American football, not, not football. <laughs> yeah, yes, not football. Um, <laughs> hi, Adam. Yes. Yay for foster parents. Um, I agree. All right. So we know that the Browns first game against the chief, it chiefs is just over two weeks away. God, is it really that close? Close, but like so far, right? I know. It feels like you know? it's never going to get here. feels like it's forever away. But so here's what I'm thinking, okay? feels like this time is going to potentially drag on a bit. Mm -hmm. And you know what this means, right? We are going to go through two very long weeks of bad takes. They're already yeah. happening. So tonight, we're going to kick off this segment and this episode with debunking bad takes. Because... It's There's not even like them. bad takes from the national media that like we're used to that, right? Like we are used to bad takes from the national media. They don't even watch Cleveland Browns football. However, we are getting plenty of bad takes in our, from our own backyard, which happens to be a lot of fans. Yeah. So, and I would say that the national takes on the Browns haven't really been that bad. I think that's no. the one thing. Um, I mean, you have the consistent ones, which is like Colin Coward. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, he, he's I mean, been consistently bad. And like, that's not going to change. That's his, that's his bit. Yeah. But also the thing about the national media is that they are incredibly unbiased. And I think for the longest time, 
Browns fans would always get really upset because the national media never had anything good to say about the Browns. But keep in mind, the Browns went like one in one in 15, then oh, in 16. Yep. And then the Freddie Kitchens year, like they've had one like prior to 2020, they've had one good season since coming back in 1999. So while everyone thinks it's, you know, us against them, it's really just unbiased observers from an outsider's perspective. And I think now that the Browns have turned the page and they're getting better, their depth is so much better. They've got, you know, the leadership of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, the, the national conversation around the Browns has turned overwhelmingly positive. So these bad takes aren't really coming from the, the national media that, that watch the entirety of the NFL day in, day out. Yes. We could also just call this segment reading Breeze mentions. (laughs) I know. I'm so upset because one of the really bad takes was in my mentions and then the dude went private. Don't. Yeah. Just own it. Like we were talking about this before the show kicked off. Like just own them. Like it's fine. Like you're not going to hit a hundred. Like nobody bets a thousand, right? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I am more than happy. I am more than happy to admit my bad takes all day because that's the thing is that we admit that we're wrong. We grow up and we move on, you know, yeah. that's called learning and growing. And but also we rarely have bad takes. That's so. true. We... <laughs> okay, we're, not, so we're not too terrible here. This is a special segment because I put on colored lip gloss. I had to prepare myself for this moment. It's very important. Okay. So Meredith, I want to, I want to bring this up and this is going to probably not make a lot of sense at the beginning, but it's all it's all going to wrap back around and we'll talk about it. So Trevor Lawrence today was named the starter for Jacksonville. I don't think this really came as a surprise to anyone that he was named the starter. You knew that he was going to start for that franchise the minute he was picked at number oh, one. Oh, yeah. And I think it's hilarious that Urban Meyer was trying to be like, well, I don't know. It could be <laughs> anyone. And, it, and I forget who, who I heard. But I was listening to somebody who was in Jacksonville and they were just like, I don't understand why Urban Meyer is doing this. Like, this isn't college football. He needs to stop acting like this is college football. Like, name your starter. Like, you're not hiding anything. You're not keeping any secrets. Like, you don't have an advantage if people think Garner Minshew is going to start over Trevor Lawrence, even though everyone's smart enough to know that that's not going to happen. So it was just like... Urban Meyer, although I, I am proud of him for cutting Tim Tebow. I know that that was a very yes, hard yeah, yeah, yeah. moment for him. Like, yeah. and, and not to, to you know, poop on Tim Tebow any more than I already have. But, you know, he just, he didn't look good at tight end. That just wasn't the yeah. position for him. I mean, if he had started that position years ago when he first came out of college in like, what, 2010 or something, it would have been different. But yeah, Urban Meyer made the tough choice. Made the right probably, choice. Probably cried a little bit along the way. You know, yeah, gave they're fine. Gave, they're fine. <laughs> gave Tim Tebow the "It's not you, it's me" speech. They may reunite back in media next year. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I we'll mean, I wouldn't Herb be surprised if at this point I wouldn't be surprised if Herb like hired him to be a part of the coaching staff in some yeah, way, shape, that, or form. I mean, that like, makes more sense to me. I mean, well, who knows how it'll pan out? But yeah, we're not going to talk about Herb anymore because what I want to get to is Trevor Lawrence played. Uh, Monday night in a preseason game. And and I have to admit, I didn't watch the game, but I did happen to catch the highlights and the narrative kind of surrounding what happened in the game. And in fact, Twitter was a buzz talking about Trevor Lawrence and how there's no talent around him. The offensive line is not set up for his success. I mean, the excuses are already flowing for this kid, and we are not even at the start of regular season. So I took to Twitter yesterday in the morning. I had meetings all day at work. So, you know, of course I tweet something, and then I can't keep up with them. But in it, I didn't name any names. I talked about how our number one draft pick in 2018, Mr. Baker Mayfield, as we know him today, never was given this type of benefit of the doubt or treatment at the number one pick, right? He was the number one pick in the 2018 mm-hmm. draft. And in fact, I would actually say he's gotten the opposite his entire career. And I, and I do, he, I do remember a lot of doubters before he even took his first snap. And that came from a lot of the local media here, you know, a lot of question marks. So 
I want to talk about this a little bit and feel free to jump in in the comment section. I, I know Browns fans are actually split between Baker Mayfield. And I, when I tell you, Meredith, I could not keep up with people tweeting at me yesterday. I'm not lying. I had to just stop reading things because it was so much. And the responses were split 50-50 from our own fan base. Now, of course, there were other fan bases jumping in. But some of the things I wanted to bring up and talk about that I think are really interesting. So on our show, we've had this conversation multiple times. We always talk about how people will continue to shift the goalposts when it comes to Baker Mayfield, right? Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is never given credit for wins, but he is always blamed for losses. I don't understand how that makes any sense at all. So I didn't name names in this outside of Baker Mayfield. A lot of people were assuming that I was talking about his draft class. They assumed that I was talking about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen being crowned and anointed. I was not, in fact. Like, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won an MVP, right? I, he has earned all of the recognition, all of the praise in the world. He's an amazing quarterback. Josh Allen, I'm actually, I don't understand why he gets all of this. He Glory. Has, and I know there has been so there has been so much like excitement surrounding Josh Allen and and I get it he, the Bills did well last year with him at the helm but like he wasn't incredible out of the gate like he wasn't and I just I don't know where all of this like Josh Allen love comes from it never made sense to me because I feel like it comes out of the woodwork but I do feel and this is my theory on Baker Mayfield and why he doesn't get the same um, accolades or he doesn't get the same pass that people like Trevor Lawrence do. I think for one, 2018 was such a heavy quarterback draft class. Yep. And that's really rare. Like you never have five quarterbacks coming out of the first round expecting to start when they get to their NFL teams. Like that is the amount of quarterbacks we had in the 2018 draft was so rare. And yep. so I think that there was a lot of buzz around Cleveland thinking that the Browns are going to choose Sam Darnold. Like he was a big pick. I know like my, <laughs> I was pushing for Josh Rosen. Now, like again, bad <laughs> takes take. that we can own up to. I was wrong about Josh Rosen. Um, but yeah. And I think it's just because there were so many quarterbacks. I feel like people never really felt super like, attached and connected to Baker Mayfield because he wasn't the clear number one coming out of 2018. Like okay. this past year, Trevor Lawrence was the clear number one. Everyone knew that he was going to go to Jacksonville. Whereas with Cleveland, they had their pick of the litter and they didn't know. And I think even, you know, even up until Roger Goodell announced the pick, there were people who were still convinced that it was going to be Sam Darnold. So can I, I want to pause there for a minute because someone yeah. brought that up that Baker Mayfield wasn't a definitive number one pick. And Trevor mm -hmm. Lawrence was. So that's why Trevor Lawrence has been given this kind of treatment and they've already anointed him as the savior of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I also remember in 2018, nobody felt that there was a definitive number one pick for the Browns, just, just like you had mentioned. I don't disagree with that. However, he still ended up being the number one pick. And mm -hmm. at this point, I, I don't really understand what that argument really means because regardless of Baker Mayfield being picked number one and not necessarily being a definitive number one pick in that draft, he actually has an NFL regular season, multiple NFL regular season games behind him. And most recently, a 2020 winning season, winning record, playoff appearance, and a playoff win. So to me, check on 2018, like mm -hmm. that argument to me is, that's that's null and void at this point. Like Trevor Lawrence is being anointed and he hasn't even played a regular season game. Like I don't care that he was the best college football player to come out into the draft last year. Doesn't yeah, and mean I, he's going to actually be the next Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, and I completely agree with you. I'm just, I think that that's where people are going. And then also Baker Mayfield had a really big personality. Um, yeah, for sure. You so know, the, Lawrence, though. yeah, you know, like, although I mean, with me, Trevor, like, so the, the three, and these are the I things mean, that, these are things that I still, to this day, I, I swear, I think I saw someone bring this up on Twitter 
just this week. It was probably in your mentions somewhere, but they were bringing up the time that Baker Mayfield like ran from the cops. Like they're still talking about that time in college. Oh, yeah. Like people still talk about like the crotch grab and planting the flag oh, in the middle. The flag. Yeah. At the horseshoe. Like there are all these things that people seem to like not be able to move past. Yeah. But if the you listen, yes, but here's the thing. Here's Everybody's the thing. making money. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand why people are so mad about the Baker progressive commercials. Like progressive wants to give him boatloads of money to endorse their product. Go for it. Like he was not able to legally make money off of his name, image and likeness in college. And now he is like, I am never going to be mad at a person for making money off of a legitimate product. Like progressive is good insurance. And Baker Mayfield is endor- endorsing it, like, and he's getting yeah. paid. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so funny because, like, in in our society, people, it's like this weird dichotomy of people wanting to make money and putting a lot of importance on being rich and making money. But then the minute someone does something to make them money, they're a sellout. Make it make sense? Yeah. So yeah, I just I feel like people are so hung up on like twenty. 16 2017 2018 baker mayfield but if you listen to the way he talks and listen to the way he acts and the way he carries himself and everything that he has done in the past three years he has grown up so much he has matured so much he is great with the media he is great with his teammates he is a true leader on this team and it's mind-boggling that you know the browns make these press conferences available like anytime baker mayfield talks you can find it And so it's not like these are hidden words or people aren't able to witness him growing up and maturing. They can, it's right there. Like it's all out in front of you. And so it's so strange to me that people are still clinging to this old version of Baker that, you know, I'm sorry, the old Baker can't come to the phone right now. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry, that was Taylor Swift, but yeah. No, I think unfortunately Baker's 2019 season has overshadowed all of the good that he has done. And and that to me is very unfortunate. And I understand that 2019 was, you know, a year of very heavy expectations for the Browns coming off of his rookie season where he actually did perform. He broke the rookie touchdown record, which Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert obviously took over. And that, that actually brings me to my next point because Justin Herbert was another guy last year who feels like a lot of people are crowning already as being a top 10 quarterback. And in fact, there are actual lists out there from professionals that have ranked them, ranked him ahead of Baker Mayfield with one NFL season under his belt with a seven and nine record. I mean, Baker Mayfield had a losing record his rookie season. He did not start every single game, but he still had a losing record and he still was not given any type of treatment that way. So I, I don't know. This this kind of goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. Like, is he good or is he tall? Like, because Baker Mayfield's not <laughs> tall. And I feel like that is something that will always just be a negative in some people's minds that they can't get over that. And you want to know, again, what's funny when we talk about the cognitive dissonance that goes on around Baker Mayfield is that people like to call him short. But the reality is Baker's over six feet tall. Like, I think he's somewhere between six foot and six one. And I forget, I read this stat it was probably on like a dating website or something where like only 3% of the male population is over six feet tall. So Baker, Baker Mayfield's in the 3% uh, of height. And it's so funny because I guess, who was it? It was John Dorsey, I guess, who had this thing for quarterbacks, like they couldn't be shorter than 6'3". So all of a sudden you've got Baker Mayfield, who's two and a half inches below that at, you know, six foot and some change close to 6'1". And that idea is like stuck in people's heads. They're like stuck in this John Dorsey mentality of quarterbacks have to be six, three or taller. And they think Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield is not short. He's over six feet tall. Like, you know, are there quarterbacks that are taller than him? Yeah, sure. But like Kyler Murray is probably five, seven on a good day. Like you want to talk about a short quarterback. I don't care what his NFL combine stats. Like Kyler, Kyler Murray is not five, 10. I don't care what the the NFL combine says. Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. So that's what I find so funny that People look at Baker and they're like, oh, he's too short. Uh, dude's over six foot. That's tall. Like, that's very tall for a man. Yeah. So the last thing, well, kind of the last thing on this that I wanted on to this bring first up. this first bad take. 
yeah, this first bad take, there's like multiple bad takes underneath the first bad take. I know we have like half a dozen bad takes. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing goes kind of with the moving, the shifting of the goalposts. So someone else brought up that he can only win against bad teams, right? That seems to be a narrative that false narrative that continues to come up with Baker Mayfield, that he can only beat teams with losing records. What I find so interesting about that is he beat the Pittsburgh Steelers twice in a row, one of them being a playoff game. And it was like up until that point, the Steelers were a good team until Baker Mayfield beat them. Then it was like, well, the Steelers weren't good. Yeah, The team won 11 games in a row. And it's so funny because we kept saying that the Steelers were frauds yes. all season. And then we got murdered for that take. And then at the end of the year, when the Browns beat the Steelers, it's, oh, they weren't that good. And we're like, you mean what we've been saying all season? But yeah, the Steelers had a winning record. Baker beat them twice. Yes. So I so just... now, So now that narrative, though, is carrying on. And it's like, well, I'm not going to crown him anything until he beats the Ravens and he beats the Steelers, and he wins an AFC North division title. Like So now it's just like, well, Baker, I'm not going to crown him anything until he does X, Y, and Z. And it's it's just like, well, when is that ever going to stop? Like, when are you ever yeah. going to stop saying that he needs to do X, Y, and Z? And then when he does X, Y, and Z, then it's like, oh, well, I have to see that being done consistently. Yeah, and then you know, really, it's like, yeah. it's like and what? then what's really annoying is that they don't say that about other quarterbacks. Like they don't say, "Oh, we're not going to anoint Trevor Lawrence until we see X, Y, Z." Exactly. They've already anointed him, and he's yeah. played preseason games. Yeah, he hasn't had a regular season NFL snap yet. And so I have to give yeah. a shout out to um, the Hound of Horror on Twitter because he responded, and this honestly was the perfect response. He said, it will only go away if Baker wins unanimous MVP, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl MVP with a bad front office, a bad head coach, a bad offensive coordinator, a bad DC, a bad special teams coordinator and college rejects who couldn't make an arena league practice squad roster in every position on the team. And I, like, honestly, it yeah. feels like that Baker Mayfield has to actually play with one arm and then right? play the second half on one leg. And then he can't have any players around him that actually deserve to be an, an NFL team. He has to actually play with only women. <laughs> and then he will actually prove himself if he can win that way. Yeah, I mean, God forbid he has Nick Chubb in the backfield. As if other good quarterbacks don't have talent surrounding them. Yeah, because, like, here's the thing. Look at Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah, a Tom, really good defense. Tom Brady isn't making completions no. if his receivers can't catch. Right. Like, to, like Tom Brady is an elite quarterback. Absolutely. No question about it. He is a Hall of Famer, like future Hall of Famer. But if he's got, if he doesn't have talent around him, he doesn't, he's not going to look as good as he does. Like, he's still going to look good because of his insane talent level. But Buccaneers aren't winning if, if Tom Brady doesn't have talent around him. You can't win a football game with just one person. Yes. And I understand the quarterback is the most important position on the field. That is 100% true. But giving a quarterback talent around them is not an, should not be a negative on a quarterback. No. It shouldn't. No. Which is insane because people will sit there and they'll love Odell Beckham Jr. And they love Nick Chubb. And they'll talk about how great this offensive line is. But, oh, but Baker doesn't deserve the best offensive line in the NFL Baker Mayfield doesn't deserve an elite running back in Nick Chubb Nick you know Baker Mayfield doesn't deserve top tier wide receivers like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr like God forbid he have talent around him yes meanwhile you have people with check marks screaming on the Twitter verse that Trevor Lawrence needs to be surrounded with more talent and an offensive line right duh (laughs) duh like that's what you do when you pick a quarterback at number one. That is, that is what smart football teams do. That is what the Cleveland Browns did. And our own fan base wants to complain about it. It is mind boggling. And I said this to you before, I think I actually said this on Twitter. Um, it, it's that I feel like people have made a losing football team, their whole personality. And now that this team is no longer losing, they have no personality left. Like they've got to find yeah. something to be miserable about. They have to find something to play victim about like, Oh, my football team is so bad. Well, no, your football team is not bad. The Cleveland Browns are a very good football team. Oh, but my quarterback's not good. No, you have a very good quarterback on a very good football team. Like, yes. sorry, losing can no longer be your whole personality now. Like 
watch, like watch some football and touch some grass, you know? Yeah. So to kind of play off of this, I did have a Steelers fan respond to this tweet because obviously this tweet made the rounds. Other fan bases were commenting on it. And and when you talk about a troll, like this is a troll, but I couldn't let this one go because it it made me laugh. When I saw this, I quote tweeted it and I said, yikes on bikes. (laughs) By the way, my new favorite saying, and I'm going to find a way to use that in my everyday life. I love it. Yikes on bikes. So this tweet has since been deleted, so you you will no longer find it. But screenshots no! live on. So screenshots we have people, live on. Uh, so we have people going private. We yeah, got people deleting tweets. tweets. Come on, people. Own, Own it. Own up to your mistakes. Okay, so Mr. Steelers guy said, Baker Mayfield isn't even the best quarterback in the AFC North. He goes on to list in his ranking order, Ben, Joe Burrow. Who hasn't, like, who's been injured all last season. Wait for it. Dwayne Haskins, Lamar. He did Lamar dirty too. Lamar. Oh, yeah, right. And then Baker. That yikes is on, just, yikes on bikes. It's complete yikes on bikes. Yikes on that bikes. is the most. That is so biased. That is so biased. Like if Ben, if Ben Roethlisberger was the best quarterback in the AFC North, he wouldn't have had to take a pay cut to stay with the team this year. We're gonna talk about Steelers because rival Reddit Ooh, Steelers cannot wait. We'll get there. Okay. Let's move on to some more bad takes. Starting players in the preseason. Meredith. Oh, my God. This is something that is interesting because, you know, in previous seasons when there were four preseason games, you typically did see starters play at least a series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's three preseason games this year. It's been a mixed bag in the NFL, right? You know, you have in some areas where there are starters playing. I mean, Saturday night, the Steelers played. Ben Roethlisberger and their starters the entire first quarter. And then you have Kansas city, you have the chiefs playing starters. And this one is interesting because obviously we play the chiefs in our first game and they are playing their starters. Our starters are getting reps with each other right now. The Cleveland Browns have not played their starters. Yeah. I, after what happened to Jacob Phillips this past week, so he has a torn bicep. He's out. Um, Greedy Williams hurt again. Um, I'm not quite sure what his return, return time frame was but the fact that greedy got hurt again is oh, not yeah, great greedy. i like all i care about is getting to september 12th with everybody healthy um i i think it there might be some advantage to maybe having the defense play together in yeah. in a game scenario but the reality is the browns had joint practices with with the giants yep. so they were going against another team with different schemes in different colored jerseys. You know, it wasn't Brown versus orange. It was Brown and orange versus blue and white. So, and and the starters did get practice in, in that capacity. I just, I don't want to see the starters in the preseason. I don't want to see them at all because I am so scared of them getting hurt. Cody Parkey, Cody Parkey got hurt. I know we're going to, so, so do you want to talk about that? Because Cody Parkey, Chase McLaughlin were in a kicking battle, position battle, mm-hmm. and Perfect Parkey, which he was, by the way, um, yeah. in his final games, he was placed on IR earlier this week because of a quad injury, and he was ultimately let go and released from the team, um, which the Browns ended up doing that so that if this, he could sign with another team when he got healthy again. Yeah. So classy move by the Browns, I will say. Yeah. And, and Parky is one of those guys where he's, he's so he's either on or he's not like he was on when he was in Denver and then he went cold, he got cut. And then he went to the bears where mm-hmm. he double became uh, in the infamous, infamous double doink. Yeah. And then what was even worse was he got a doink in the preseason. Everyone's like, Oh, Cody <laughs> doink Parky, but it, it made it in made it in it doinked but it still made it in but um, i think it's harder to hit the goal post right like I right. hitting a goal post should actually be four points <laughs> right like, so, i'm sorry yeah so so he got cut but before he before he injured himself i tweeted something about perfect parky because you know hashtag for the brand you love him um i do well because he was so locked in last year and i don't think people understand how how rare that is to have um a kicker that is so that is so on point like there i was never nervous 
when they had to bring Cody Parkey out last year, like at all. And it showed. So, and I, this is the take that I wish hadn't gone private because this was the really bad take that I wanted to bring up is that this guy was asking me if I really wanted to roll with Parkey. And I was like, listen, he was extremely consistent last season. And that's what you want out of your kicker consistency. That's all you want. Um, well, good consistency. You don't want him to yeah, be yeah, bad, bad consistently. Um, and then he said something to the effect of like, and then, I, but I also said, you know, if Parky goes cold, they have to cut him. There's no choice. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get upset if he's missing field goals left and right. If he's mixing, missing extra kicks left and right, like you've got, you've got to cut him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, pound the table to keep him if he's not, you know, doing his job. And this guy comes back at me and he was like, well, hopefully we'll just have both of our kickers get hot at the same time. And then we can switch back and forth between the two of them or something like that. Like you're going to use but, two roster spots on a kicker. Yeah. Like, no. he was talking, yeah, that's exactly it. Like he was talking about both kickers being hot at the same time. So if one goes cold, you get the other one in or something like these aren't goalies in hockey. Like you can't just like pull your goalie off the bench and like, that's it. And like, <laughs> that's hilarious. And also just the amount, there are so few good kickers in the NFL. Like the, the Ravens have Justin Tucker and like, that's it. Like, can you name any other really good kicker in the NFL? No. Like, no, because Austin back in the day, right? Exactly. He he is notorious for being a kicker. Yeah. Kickers get cut all the time. They go cold. They get cut. But when you find a good one, you keep them. You tend to keep them. Yeah. And, and kickers are on the waiver wire all the time. And I was just reading this take and I'm sitting there thinking like, does this guy even watch football? To like I, legitimately think that the Browns are not only going to have two, two hot kickers at the same time. Yeah, no. Like, no, that like, we don't even have 32 hot kickers in the NFL period. <laughs> and secondly, the idea that the Browns would use two roster spots right. for kickers. Like, does this guy watch football or not? Like, cause I like based off of these tweets, maybe this is why he went private, but I'm like, do you watch football? Do you? I don't know. Oh. Listen, I thought that Cody Parkey's destiny was written for him when Chase McLaughlin hit that 49-yard field goal. I, I I thought like if I'm Cody Parkey, I'm I'm gonna say I injured my quad too. <laughs> Although I would not be surprised if the Browns bring in another kicker at some point. Just oh, to I'm sure. Have that I mean, competition. Yeah, because that's what you do. Yeah, you just like there are kickers on the waiver wire. Like there are, you know, squirrels on the grass. Like they're just yeah. everywhere. You just pick one up when you need them. Exactly. Like and, and that's like, that's the position that we should honestly worry about and care the least about. Yeah. Who's going to make the roster? Like worry the I, most, care the least. Yes. I mean, like in, in the past, you know, we've just been ruined by really weird and things that happen to us that don't normally happen, you know, where it's like, we'll miss an extra point in a game. And then we go on to lose by one, you know, like yeah. the Browns have been us Browns as, as fans have been burned so many times by our kickers outside of Phil Dawson. Yeah. And I think and Cody Parkey in 2020. Yes. And I think that not having a solidified kicker, unfortunately for some people, I think is like, cause for panic because they think that extra points and field goals could be a deciding factor in a game. And and that is very true. We, we've seen that happen time and time again. What I will yeah, say and- is I hope we are scoring way more points that it doesn't have to come down to a three point or one point game anymore. Like I hope I actually have that much faith in our offense that if a kicker misses an extra point, it's not going to matter this year. Yeah. I mean, and I could see that being a worry like during the playoffs because the Browns and the Chiefs were very close yes. last year. Yep. Um, the Browns were a touchdown away. Um, and I could also hopefully. But see also you, you go back to like you go back to that and it's like, well, Hollywood Higgins, you know, at the goal line when he gets hit in the helmet. That was. Yeah, right. Like that, that, that obviously that that could have been a touchdown right there. So I mean, there's just- yeah, I mean, and that would have and that would have swung the momentum in the Browns favor. Yes. And it would be like the ending of last season would have been very, very different. So many factors that, you know, there's just so many things that happen in a game. I don't know if you can ever just pinpoint like one. Yeah, there's one never, play, one yeah. kick, one extra point, you know? Yeah, because because here's the thing is that even if they had made that call for Hollywood and that was a touchdown, there's a very real possibility that the Chiefs could have made 
like a fourth quarter rally yeah. you know so it's like we could look at that and say oh but if what if like what i've been if? watching that i've been watching that marvel show pretty religiously <laughs> um but yeah we could always say what if but you know we could say like well what if that call on hollywood happened the result may have still been the same it wouldn't have been you know 22 to 17 which is what i think the final score was it you know it could be closer it could have been there could have been more points scored on either side but it still could have ended with a chief's victory so yeah it's really you can look at a singular point in a game and say what if but there's just so many things that happen throughout the entirety of the game that you know yeah so so another position that has been an interesting topic of conversation um for the browns this preseason has been do the Browns need to make a decision on keeping Case Keenum or keeping Kyle Laletta? Because Kyle Laletta in the game against Jacksonville performed very well. Um, you know, I think this last game against, um, why am I blanking on who they played? Giants. This Sunday? Thank you. The Giants. Jesus. <laughs> Listen, the preseason doesn't matter. It's okay. Um, you know, I think Case Keenum, you saw why we have Case Keenum on the team. Now he, he mm-hmm. threw a horrible interception, but. You know, I, I felt like I was reminded again why Case Keenum is Baker Mayfield's backup quarterback because I feel like he can be trusted. And he's, I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money to be a backup quarterback. Yeah, and the thing about Case Keenum is that he is so seasoned in this league that you can put him in literally any scheme and he is going to run that scheme su- successfully. Like he just, he knows how to fit into a scheme that's already there. And that's what's going to happen. Like if God forbid something happens to Baker, or even if Kevin Stefanski says, you know what, Baker, like I'm going to arrest you for this quarter because the team is either so far ahead or so far behind that I don't want to risk anything. Like Case Keenum knows how to fit into a system that is made for somebody else. You know, this system is made for Baker Mayfield as it should be. And, you know, Case has the ability to slip in if he needs to. And that's what you want in your backup quarterback. But I legitimately heard someone say that, like, based on the way Kyle Laletta was playing, that they should trade Case Keenum and keep... And I'm like, trade for what? Who's going to trade for Case Keenum? <laughs> Who's going to trade? Who is I making know. a trade? Again, do these people watch football? Yes or no? I don't know. Based on these takes, I don't think they do. Because, like... Who's going to who's gonna trade for a backup quarterback? And while Kyle Laletta has been good in the preseason, it is still the preseason. I think Jacksonville is going to be a lot worse than people are expecting this year. Um, because here's the thing. If you have the number one pick in the draft, it's because you were a bad football team. Yes. You know, that's just how it goes. So usually when teams get their number one draft pick as a quarterback, you know, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl right that year. Like it's very rare for an NFL team to have their number one pick be a quarterback, like have the number one pick, pick their quarterback. And then all of a sudden all their problems are solved. You saw that with the Browns, you saw that with the bills, even with the Ravens a little bit, like it took some time and it took some building around those quarterbacks. I think that Jacksonville is going to be a lot worse than people like, cause they know that urban Meyer has a history of winning, not in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence has a history of winning, not in the NFL. Yeah. So yeah, of course, Kyle Loretta is going to look good against Jacksonville because I don't think they're going to be that great of a football team. And then same thing with the giants, the giants are not that great of a football team. And so just, that's just what you have to look at who they're playing against. You can't just look at, like, I feel like people look at the Browns in a vacuum sometimes. Yeah. And also we're not going to keep three quarterbacks either on the raw. Like there's no way that we're going to keep three quarterbacks either. So like this, I, I, I just case Keenum to me, I like need to knock on something, knock on something like bigger Mayfield. He's pretty sturdy, right? Like he's someone that he feels like he has the longevity. He doesn't seem injury prone. I mean, I think he's proven that he can play a little bit beat up. He did last year, but hopefully we don't have to use case Keenum at all. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like, it's going to be like Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's an insurance where, policy. Like, yeah, like Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and plays like he he fills in after the starting quarterback either gets pulled, injured, whatever. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, plays an amazing rest of the game. His very next game, he plays amazing. And then after that, he like takes a dump. Listen, so I'm fine like, seeing Case Keenum come in in week 16 when the Browns are sitting their starters. <laughs> To go exactly. To yes. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with yeah, that. I have but no yes, problem I'm going to knock but... on a lot of wood, you guys, because, you know, hopefully we don't have to see Case Keenum. Yeah. Until and, week and 16. 
And Kyle Loletta is not a better backup than Case Keenum is. No, like, just- I mean, isn't it funny, though? Like, these are the conversations we're having because, like, this is the preseason games that we're watching. We're not actually watching preseason games to identify our starting quarterback. It's to yeah. identify who our backup is. I know, which is really, it's a really nice conversation to have. But like I said, I hear these takes and I see these takes and I'm just like, do you watch football? Although I do think, I do recall Ken Carmen kind of being on the Kyle Laletta bandwagon at first. I think he walked it back. He did. I, I think Ken did go back and, and say like, I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah. He probably, like, so he was I, probably I do just, appreciate that about, about Ken. Yeah. I think he was know, probably he just will... really, it, he was just really excited to see like a real <laughs> football game. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he, like, I think he just got caught up in the hype, which again, yeah, like you said, it's fine. That happens to the best of us. We were so starved for football for yeah. so and, long. And Kyle Lama looked good against the Jaguars. So, which is like, know. and, and here's the thing. This is what is happening for the Browns in the preseason. It is their fringe players like Kyle Laletta putting really good film on tape. So then that way, when the Browns do cut him, other teams can look and say, well, this is what he did for the Browns. We don't have anybody better than that. Let's pick him up. Cause I would not be surprised if Kyle Laletta gets picked up elsewhere, you know, as a backup quarterback yeah. based on the way he played for the Browns. Like if Case Keenum wasn't here, then Laletta would be a perfectly fine backup for, for Baker, but we have case. He's the better backup than, than Kyle, Kyle Laletta is. But I have a feeling another team is going to pick him up. Like once the Browns make their cuts down to 53, which I think is Labor Day weekend when that happens, I have a feeling that Lillette is going to get picked up off the waiver wire. Yeah, as, a, as I feel as a, backup. a lot of our players will. Yes. And that's I mean, another nice thing that the Browns don't have to worry about this year. Normally, the GM is like waiting for the waiver wire to go active and they're like salivating to see what other teams are making getting like, rid what of their cuts are yeah like yep. who, who can we pick up this year yeah this year the browns don't have to worry about it they're going to be cutting a lot of really talented players and that's because there are going to be even more talented players already on the team so it's just yes. the browns are in a great position which is why you know don't worry if you don't see the starters in the preseason like we don't want injuries we don't want any you know we don't want greedy williams to get hurt even further like our linebackers room is starting to look a little bit thin after losing Jacob Phillips. So like, let's just, let's, let's use this last game uh, against the Falcons to let the fringe players get all of their tape out in the world. So they, they have an NFL job come week one, let the starter sit and stay healthy. Yeah. All right. So we have our final debunking bad take, and then we will move on to rival Reddit. So guys, make sure we stick around, uh, the end of the show because rival reddit is it's i think it's becoming a favorite segment so it's a favorite segment of mine yeah you know, me too sure. you, you guys don't want to miss this one either because yeah, it's good time good good time on Steelers sports you guys you're actually you're gonna really enjoy this one um okay so finally meredith you put this one in here and i have to yes. i need clarity on this so i have seen and i think this comes from this stems from the fact that people look at the browns in a vacuum and they don't exist in a vacuum i love it's me i think we need to pump the brakes on calling the browns elite (gasps) for now never the browns have elite players on the team i would call nick chubb elite i would call miles garrett elite if we get the obj from when he first started like his first three years in new york obj is elite um i think that looking at everybody else on the team and saying that Denzel Ward is a lead or, you know, anything like that. I think that that's a little too hyped up and a little too overexcited. I think we need to pump the brakes. Now, if the Browns start make, if they continue to make the playoffs and win consistently in the playoffs, if they make the Super Bowl, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, if they just make it to the game, then I'm ready to call them elite, but I think it's going to be at least another season or two before I'm ready to say that they're elite, but I see a lot of, you know, elitists. Yeah. <laughs> they, I see a lot of that um, on, on the Twitter vines of people calling certain players elite, where if, if you're looking at the Browns in a vacuum, sure. 
I don't. Jim just said Kareem is elite. Ooh, I, don't, I, I agree with that. Really? I, I, yeah, I do. I don't I know think, if I agree with that because I think because the Browns' offense when Nick Chubb was he's not a starting in the running game, back on any other team. You yeah, know, he would like, be. Yeah, he would be the number one running back on any other team for sure. The only reason he's not number one on the Browns Nick is because you Nick have Chubb. an elite running back. Yeah, I just. Too. Yeah, I don't know that I would. Kareem is very good. He's definitely one of the best running backs in the NFL. But calling him as elite. I don't, I'm not ready to do that yet. And and it's not me trying to be negative on the Browns because you know, like, you know, me and like our whole spit, like our spiel, shtick, spiel, whatever, both of it. <laughs> it's, it's positivity for this, this team, which we did the best we could, you know, during the Freddie kitchens era, we were still doing, you know, we had started this podcast at that point and trying to be positive on the Browns. The Browns are a very good football team and they are on the path to being an elite football team. I don't think they're there yet. I think they need a few more winning seasons and a few more playoff wins under their belt before I'm ready to take that. As long as you don't move the goalposts, as long as the goalposts where you're like, now I need to see X, Y, and Z happen. Fine. I'm fine to work our way up towards elitism. I agree with you. I think there are some players on the team that are already elite. And I like that Jay Scott in the comments, he put the definition of elite on here. Thank you. We love definitions on this show. So let's hashtag. Well, actually, yes. So elite to define this for the listeners, a select group that is superior in terms of ability or qualities to the rest of a group or society. Yes, very well. I, I think who you identified is elite. I mean, it's obviously a little bit subjective too. Yeah. But how you look I, mean, it, but yeah. I think we have a lot of players that are all, that have the potential to become elite this season. And together, yes. I think then the Browns become elite. Now, can I throw something back at you? Sure. Putting you on the spot because this was not in the rundown. Uh-oh. Is Andrew Barry elite? Is he an elite GM? Can you crown him yet? I am very, very close to it because if you look at what he, he had two off seasons to work with yep. and the very first off season, he beefed up the Browns offensive line and it became pro football focus. One of their top, uh, the top offensive lines in the NFL. He picked up Wyatt Teller, who was not on anybody's radar except for mine. Cause you know, pokies, but Wyatt Teller outside of the Virginia Tech well, that fandom. was that was JD that was Dorsey oh was that Dorsey oh, yeah okay. well so, no no I will say I don't it? think I don't think that regime utilized Wyatt Teller the way that that's obviously true, Andrew true. Barry did so yeah so his first offseason he beefs up his offensive line and now the Browns have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL uh this past offseason he beefed up the defense yep. and on paper the Browns definitely have a the the defense this year is leaps and bounds above um but again i want to see i want to see how this team plays this year i think if the browns make it to the playoffs have a season that is just as good or better than last season that's enough for me to say andrew barry is elite but i think to call the entirety of the team elite i want to see at least two like this season next season i would say with at least a playoff win and then you can start saying elite, but yeah, it, I think, I think building, I think Andrew Barry is well on his way to building a consistent winning football team. Yes. And in my opinion, I think that may, that will make the Browns elite. I, I don't yeah. know if we we will win a division title every year, or if we will win a playoff title. I, I don't know. Like we don't know that yet, but you know, I think you want to be a consistent winning football team and get to the playoffs. I, oh, I know, you know what? You know what I will what? say? I will what? say that the combination of Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, and Paul D. Podesta, I would call elite. that elite. I would elite. call that elite. Yeah. That's what I'm ready to call the three of them together as a team elite. But yes. yeah, yeah, Jay Scott wanna... just he piped in again. Well, thank you for the definition. And you're chiming in some good. We're going to have to have you on the show. Right. He said, perhaps you can say Barry, Barry is performing at an elite level. That is, I like yeah, that. I like yeah. that. That's fair. That's very, very fair. All right. So Meredith, are you ready to get into rival Reddit? Yes. Oh my God. Let's do it. Okay. Everyone buckle up. Rival Reddit time. Get my, my, I don't have popcorn, but I've got pretzels. Should I start? Oh yes. 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 Or, or, or. Those look good. Do you want some chub crunch? Chub crunch. I need that. I need that in my life. Need that in my life. Don't have it yet. Okay. We'll be getting it some soon. So I'm going to start with the Raven's Reddit board this week. 
their Reddit board is very boring. Okay, I don't have a lot to say from there. There's a lot of people um, on Raven's Reddit board complaining that Lamar Jackson gets the most criticism in the league. And I'm over Mm. here like, John, have you met Baker Mayfield? (laughs) So, yeah. I'm over the the Ravens board this week. Nothing's happening. And and I thought that was interesting because I did see a report out there that not a single wide receiver practiced yesterday. I feel like that's why the board is so quiet is because (laughs) no one's reality. They have well, no, they have nothing to talk about because no one's allowed to film. uh, (laughs) No one's Lamar. Receivers are playing. Half their offense is sitting out. No, yeah, everyone's on the sidelines. No one's playing. No one's allowed to film Lamar Jackson. So I don't know if they allow fans at. Ravens practice but if they don't then like you can't see anything they've got nothing to talk about so that's probably why Ravens Reddit is is so quiet okay so not not much doing on the Ravens board okay moving on to the Steelers guys a user in the in the Steelers board so this is a Steelers fan obviously mm-hmm. posted their AFC North prediction and had the Browns winning the AFC North with a predicted 12 and 5 record, saying, and I quote, I think things are really set up for this year to finally end their drought and take the division crown. Most wow. talented team in the division. Wow. Hold on a minute. I'm going to repeat that. A Steelers fan put on record the Browns are the most talented team in the division. Bree. Let's go. Bree. Yes. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot now and you yes. have to be honest. Okay. This is the, I'm going to like put my truth lasso around you. Were you the one who posted that? Under no, 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 no. <laughs> we have a lot of things this week, but I assure you, I do not post much on Reddit. And when I do, it would be a dead giveaway. Okay. <laughs> is so, that your burner account? Are you, favorite. I do not are you have a Steelers burner account. Are you Steelers you. fan <laughs> seven on Reddit? <laughs> Big Ben Babe. (laughs) That would be my burner. Um, Going in, going in and infiltrating. (laughs) (laughs) So probably my favorite response to this from another Steelers fan was, I hate it here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then, you know, obviously like this is a Steelers Reddit board where a Steelers fan is predicting a Browns AFC North Okay, so imagine that this one's not going to go over very well with the rest of the Reddit board fan base. So, you know, of course, the the thread is inundated with the Browns is the Browns, you know, like the Mm, same old rhetoric. And there are other Steelers fans defending us saying that it's not the the Browns is the Browns anymore. The moral of the story is we need to take a moment to appreciate Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry, much like we just did. Mm-hmm. And acknowledge that a lot of this goes to them for changing this whole narrative. And listen, Browns fans, I know there's some of you out there that listen that are super negative and you hate on us, but guys, you got to be better than our rivals who are defending right? the Browns, right? Like, exactly. Come on. We're better. I know. We're better this, like, Steelers fans are more confident in the Browns than Browns fans are. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, what is wrong with that statement? What is wrong with that statement? <laughs> Oh man. Okay. So the other thing, so Steelers Reddit board, if you guys have a moment, it's, it's very fun, I guess, for a Browns fan to be on it. And also and- if there are any Steelers fans watching tonight, hello, Hi, welcome, welcome, all welcome here. Yes. We will not be mean to you. We will not. Unless you tell me that big Ben is the number one quarterback and you rank yeah, yeah, yeah. over and Lamar. Yeah. And Baker. Then we have yeah. a problem. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is, so, like, on the flip side of, of this whole thing, Bleacher Report posted an article about the resurging Steelers offense based on their preseason game from Saturday night where Big Ben started. He was 8 for 10, 137 yards, and two touchdowns. So this performance has gotten the Steelers fans all fired up that they're going to have a surge from their offense as if it actually matters that big Ben played on Saturday night against (laughs) a non-starting 
Detroit team, which the Detroit really we're going to celebrate against the Detroit, the Lions. Detroit Lions. So do you remember? Yikes on bikes. <laughs> do you remember? Let's go into the way back machine all the way back to 2017 when the Browns drafted Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. And we're very sorry, Brittany. The Browns. Brittany's not here to defend Deshaun. But here's the thing. They Deshaun Kaiser was the starting quarterback for the Browns in the preseason and the regular season. Like there was a little bit of a hey, quarterback controversy because who, who's I think Brock Osweiler was the other quarterback oh we had God. that year. Didn't we release him. Yes, <laughs> we but remember, but like people were so high on Deshaun Kaiser, they were excited for him. The Browns went four zero in the preseason in twenty seventeen. Yeah, so I just I feel a little bad for Steelers fans because. Uh, like the way they're reacting for big ben in a preseason game against the lions is exactly how the browns fans reacted to the preseason in 2017 and then the browns went 0 16 listen i'm fine like they if they want to hang on to a 39 year old slowly deteriorating quarterback and they think that that is going to put them in a position like by all means please like please I just hope that I have people stand for me as hard as they do right. for Big Ben when I when I'm like right. pushing forty that like that exactly exactly <laughs> that's what I'm saying like you should be dating down right you should be trading in for the younger hot commodity but fine yeah just, it's fine I just put all your eggs in the Big Ben basket I just I feel I feel a little bad for for Steelers fans now because they there's there's not Don't, a lot of do not uh, do do not that's true I feel bad now but then once it becomes like regular season and they start to get really really toxic I'm gonna be like what the hell was I thinking exactly. Nope, don't feel bad. Okay, so wrapping up rival Reddit, Bengals. Um, some interesting things happening on the Bengals board. And this actually ties into what we were talking about earlier with should starters play in a preseason game. So the Bengals announced uh, today that Joe Burrow will play um, limited snaps in their preseason game against Miami. And so I took to the Reddit boards to, to see like how fans felt about this, to get a pulse on how they were feeling. And oddly enough, Meredith... They are encouraging this. They want to see Joey B take snaps in a preseason game. And let me just go through a couple of reasons, okay? One of their logic is that he needs to get hit and getting hit will be good for him. What? I mean, I understand that there's probably a little bit mental that he he may be scared of getting hit, obviously, based on what happened to him last year. But I'm yeah. sorry, but you want your franchise quarterback to get hit? No, wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> put him in a, like, yeah, wrap him in bubble wrap, put him in packing peanuts, and then put that pa- the packing peanuts into a ball pit. Like, yes. just... And don't let him leave. Don't even, like, let him go to the grocery store. No. No, like I just, I mean, when, when you have your, your rookie quarterback get hurt that badly in his first season, and this was a guy that you want on your team long-term, gosh, protect him, protect him as much as you can. It is not worth risking re-injury in the preseason just because he didn't get a full season under his belt last year. It's not worth it. Yeah. So like, other... I just like I like I'm not a Bengals fan, but man, I love I do love Joe Burrow and I like I want to see him I want to see him be successful because I think when the Bengals are better, it only makes the Browns better. Like it's going to make the Browns look so much better if, you know, they've got really strong teams that they're going up against twice a year. You know, it's you're not going to necessarily look at the Bengals and say, "Okay, that's two automatic wins." Um but oh my I like God, how no. Jay responded. Jay, you're like the king of comments tonight because he just responded. Quarterbacks get hit. A team doesn't have to script that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you don't need to practice getting hit. Like it's gonna happen. Like I don't yeah. see how this is good for him. I I just I can't. So then the other argument was that if a doctor that gets paid thirty million dollars a year, which is that the going rate for an NFL doctor? Maybe it is. Know. I don't know, but that feels aggressive, and I need to go into a different field. I know, but I... they think that if they cleared Joe Burrow to play, then Joe should play. Um, you know who else was cleared to play? Uh, I believe Odell Beckham Jr. has been cleared to play, and he is still limited in his snaps during practice because the Browns want him to be at full strength. Yes, week one. Yes. So. 
like here's the thing the just because the doctor cleared him to play doesn't mean he should it's just the doctor saying okay we are at this stage in his recovery yeah you know and i don't think the doctor's out there saying hey you need to play joe burrow i think the doctor is saying okay joe burrow is healthy enough that he can handle taking some snaps playing as a starter God, man, Bengals fans really hate their own quarterback, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and and finally, um, the other support that I saw for this was that Joey B needs the game reps, and they think that he himself was probably lobbying to start. And and now, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if there were actually reports of Joe Burrow wanting to play in the preseason game. I think there's probably a lot of players that want everyone to play, wants to right? play. Everyone wants to play. Yeah, it, it's ingrained in who they are. That's why they're professional football players. Right? Yeah, they're nobody wants to. They want to play. Nobody wants to sit on the bench. But it's also, I, I don't think that they should listen to him if he's lobbying to play, right? Like Baker Mayfield wants yeah. to play. He, I, yeah. I think he wants to play, but I think the coaches are going to say, yeah, no, you don't need to play. You don't yeah. need to play. Like, we'll, we'll see you week one. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, Joe Burrow is going to lobby to play. Like, I would be shocked if he didn't. Um, but again, it's it's almost like your little kids, like, you know, when little dude says, Hey mom, I want an, to eat an entire bag of Halloween candy. You right. have to say, no little dude, that is not good for you. Yes. You can have one or two pieces of Halloween candy right now, but I'm not going to let you eat an entire bag of Reese's pieces. Yes. I always say to him when he tries to make decisions that are not smart decisions, I always say it is my job to keep you safe. If I were Joey B's coach, I would say, Joey B, I know you want to play, <laughs> but it's my job to keep you safe. You're coach not going to Coach Bree, Coach Mom. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what's happening. I'm sure Odell Beckham Jr. is chomping at the bit to get back out yeah. there. But, you know, he's coming off of ACL surgery and he is recovering like insanely quickly. So, you know, yeah, well, I, so all of this said, you know, I again, it's the third preseason game for the Browns coming up. And then you've got two weeks to the Chiefs. Do you think Kevin Stefanski will play any starters? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I It is interesting because you are seeing starters playing in other teams that have been together. Because I think the thing is, and I saw it in our comments um, earlier, that the majority of the offense is the same. Yeah. Like it's there. They, the only difference is you're putting Odell Beckham Jr. back in the mix. You've got mm -hmm. a few rookies that you have to figure out where they go. You have to figure out who your backups are going to be. Um, but... I think I think Kevin Stefanski knows what he has in this yeah. team and yep. he doesn't need to see it in a preseason game like he doesn't need to roll Baker Mayfield out there he doesn't need to put Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett out there because he yep. knows what he has in them yep and he's confident in what he has and you know we don't want Jadavion Clowney getting hurt. We don't exactly. want Miles Garrett exactly. getting hurt. Like, yeah, because we know they're gonna like we know they're gonna be starters and they're gonna play. Like, I'd rather have yeah. them be playing in a regular season game that matters. Not now. Yeah, I don't, care. We, I don't need yeah, to see we, him. Yeah, like I don't right need to now. Together. Nope. Yeah, right now there's like people on the Browns aren't fighting for starting jobs. Like the only no. one that you could really think about was possibly at corner with Greg Newsom and Greedy Williams. But now that Greedy is injured, it's Greg Newsom. Although I heard from one of our beat reporters that they thought that Greedy that Greg Newsom was playing better than greedy anyway that you know even yeah. if greedy hadn't gotten hurt he still would have expected greg newsom to win that starting job so we're not really looking at this roster and saying who's going to be the starters because that's what you figure out in the preseason they know they know who their starters yeah. are you know and at this point it's allowing the fringe players to get snaps under their belt to get tape you know out there in the world so if they want to get so if they get cut by the browns they can get picked up by the, another team and seeing how the rookies play like that's like this is like welcome to having a good football team like yes, this is what exactly. it's like having a good and, football team and I get it like we're all excited to see it all come to fruition like I cannot wait to see the starters take the field but I'll see it against the Chiefs like I'm yes. fine I'm fine with that I have full faith that they are getting their reps in training camp like, yeah. we, didn't even we didn't even have that last year yeah, it was a very different off season. Like they've actually been together in person this year. Yes. So, and they did, and they did have reps against people in other jerseys. Cause they did have those yes. two days with the giants. Yep. So, you know, it like, I can understand maybe I, I would think if the Browns didn't have the joint practices, then maybe I could possibly see like one or two series with the starters, but they don't need it. Yeah. 
like let's wrap Baker in bubble wrap. Yes. Wrap Miles Garrett in bubble wrap. Like let's get all of our players that either elite on the road to being elite, (laughs) playing (laughs) at an elite level. Like let's put them all in the bubble wrap packing peanuts and ball pit. September 12th. Yes. Yep. Yes, because that is going to be that is going to be a very tough game. It is going to be fun and exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for the bad takes that that follow us after that game. Win or loss, I think there's going to be. I might go in hiding. We might, yeah, we might have to start screenshotting some bad takes after that game. (laughs) There'll be plenty of time to have another episode just dedicated to bad takes. That I know this was actually kind of fun. I just because like because here's the thing, and I'm so I'm so happy that we did this tonight because these seeing these takes have bothered me to my core, (laughs) and I needed to talk about it. I needed to talk about it. So I'm so happy we did this because it's just again like. If you make a bad take, it's okay. Just, yeah, just don't. Yeah, don't delete your account or go private. <laughs> well, good advice. Good advice. We will end on that. Uh, that wraps up our show for this evening. Thank you guys all for tuning in live with us on this Wednesday evening. Um, if you guys didn't catch the whole show live and you want to listen to us again, we will have the show available for download. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast platforms: Spotify, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, Odyssey. Uh, go find us. That's what B said. And we will be with you this football season. And hopefully maybe you'll see us more than one time a week as the season kicks off, but we're still ironing out all those details. We'd love to do it live. We'd love to have you guys join in on comments. We can have therapy sessions together, win or loss. We can debunk bad takes all day long. We would love to do that with all of you because I mean, it's going to be an exciting season. Hopefully probably filled with ups and downs, but together we will get through it. Guys, thank you again for tuning in. We will see you all next week.